seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the dark. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rohit Woe. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rohit Woe. Wow, here we are, Rohit. We're we're back. Another episode of the Hopeless Show. I'm really excited to be here today. Feel grateful, and l- let's just. I want to talk a little about how we'll we'll do this today, because our the response from our last episode about the Israel conflict was um, was awesome. Everyone who listened were. It was uh, great, the, the responses you gave. We'll get to that at the end of the show, too, with some of our submissions. So we're going to do our news from the bomb shelter, talk a bunch about uh, what's going on in Israel, and get into also some of the more fun, ridiculous parts of our show, too, that so many of you have grown to love uh, in some way or another, because while there is so much going on in the world, we have to, we have to try to keep some smiles going, too. Um, so how does that sound to you, Rohit? That sounds great. And, you know, a big welcome to all the new listeners. We'd love to see the uh, the numbers spiking. So, yeah, I guess it just takes us talking about something really uh, very sensitive and scary um, to get those listens. But here we are, and we are so excited for you to join us. Yes, and all our all our old listeners will bring you some... Uh, some yeah, fun- we're tired of you. Yeah, <laughs> we'll bring some funky for you. We're, yeah. We have uh, we have some wild, uh, fun topics as well. So, uh, but Rohit, so our our theme today is humanity, which is I believe very much at stake right now in our world. Uh-huh. And, and so I think most of what we're covering today has something to do with bringing humanity to the cause. But before we get into that. I believe you brought some humanity this week uh, on your trip to uh, Comic-Con, and I really want to hear about it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was so... I've only been to San Diego Comic-Con, but this is my first New York Comic-Con visit, and uh, it was really, really fun. I got to say, Aaron, it was the best cosplay I've ever seen. And the structural outfits... There was one dude that he had, like... And, and by the way, all this stuff is like home constructed, but like there's this one guy, he had like this giant pink, thick, like hairy, like ringed and like tails, like, you know, with like random sporadic hairs. And like, he was just like a big rat with like the nose and the ears. He was like six feet tall and he was dragging around this jump. It looked like a, like a comforter. <laughs> then he saw it was shaped like a triangle. And then he cleared a space, flipped the comforter over and started biting it. And he was pizza rat. And it was like a slice of pizza that he designed. And it was like, like people were like, ama- like it was amazing. I saw a million different Spider-Man. I even saw a giant gathering of like 60 Spider. Uh, it was like this whole Spider-Verse. But people were wearing different variations from different scenes in the movie. Like one guy had a completely shredded suit. He's all bloody and it's like his mask half pulled down. Um, saw lots of Lynx and um, Legend of Zelda stuff and... And then just a lot of anime shit, which I had no idea what most of the <laughs> titles are. But I was like, wow, that is an extremely stunning uh, bit of cosplay. So that was great. Um, what were you then, there for? I was I was there for a little bit of work. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, it was not a... Uh, I did not fly out there 
um, purely for pleasure. It was, you know, obviously business. Um, but yeah, then I uh, came back and sa- Sunday I met Niall Harbison, uh, who is an Instagram you know, he's got a big kind of Instagram, but he's kind of like, I call like the Mother Teresa of rescuing dogs. This is a guy that's like rehabilitated like thousands of dogs in Thailand that are like street dogs and they've gotten adopted by like, you know, like Liam Gallagher from Oasis and all these people. And um, are we supposed to be happy about that? That, that was awesome. No, but Liam, yeah. Liam Gallagher having a dog or Noel, it's one of them. Either one Noel's of crazy them. Crazy one. I yeah. could see like, if they had a dog, they'd like get along for a little bit and then they'd start yelling at the dog a lot and get mad and then they'd break up with the dog and then they'd never perform again. <laughs> or they'd, they, he'd never walk the dog again. The dog would have a solo act. No, no, this dog's in a loving home. Um, and he did a big walk uh, with the bunch, you know, with there's like a lot of people that showed up for this walk at, at the top of uh, Griffith Park um, at uh, the, uh, uh, what's that shit? The observatory. The observatory, the one, yeah. So we can see um, that Rohit lost some brain cells in New York. As yeah, well. yeah. That's because then after that, immediately after that, I went to Death Cab for Cutie and the Postal Service on their twenty-year uh, celebration, uh, celebrating two decades of both the Transatlanticism album as well as Postal Service's Give Up album. And it so was one of the best things I've ever seen at the Hollywood Bowl. Here's a question for you, and then we'll get into some to topic one and everything. But I have a question for you about that show. Yes. Um. Why do people like those bands? Because they're awesome. So, but why? Like, why do you like? No, no, no. This isn't about. This isn't. This isn't a. Why is anybody? This isn't a. But, 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 Death Cab for Cutie and Postal Service are very emo. Very like. Sure. Kind of. It's just. I, I've never totally gotten either of the band Postal Service more. They had like they're like a super group thing. It's the same guy. If the, for those who don't know, which most, if it's like they're also a group. Unless you really know, you don't really know anything about them. A lot of people haven't heard of them. But if you know, you love it. But it's the same Ben Gibbard, right? He's the same guy for both. Yep. Um, yep. But why do people like them so much? Why do people like Taylor Swift? No, no, Swift? no. Why? I just want to know what what do you that, like so much about that's, them? That's almost an impossible question to answer because tonally, musical tastes are very much appealing to an individual that, in, in a way that they can't necessarily express. It's not like, why do I like broccoli? Or maybe it is exactly, why do I like broccoli? Yeah, I understand that with most music, by all means. But why do you like Postal Service and Death Cab for Cutie? Like, that's one I just, you because know. Because they're awesome. Okay. All right, just good to know. Um, yeah. That's interesting. Um, yeah. All right, everyone's allowed. Uh, I'm not saying my opinion. If you, if you one look way at my another. Instagram stories, you'll see. I'm not, not going to say my opinion on them one way or another, except that yeah. I'm just always amazed when someone likes them so much. Yeah. Hey, uh, I, you don't want me digging around your Spotify closet, brother. did i did i listen this weekend for no reason in particular to uh taylor hicks song from american idol when he won yes do i make you proud forgot about that great song it's (laughs) i don't remember the song but i remember the dude he was like an older dude 
He's gray, not older. He just hair. was a prematurely gray-haired guy. Oh, uh, yeah. I know how that goes. So, yeah, I guess you you uh, you went there. So, all right, let's go. Let's go into it. I I'm glad yes. I clarified that uh, you that you why you like I guess why you like those. Books. Um, I'm glad you asked really great questions. Thank you. Uh, it wasn't an interview. I just am genuinely curious. I would have asked anyone there. I would have been like the guy, like, what do you do for work guy on TikTok? Mm-hmm. Why do you like Postal Service and Def Cab for Cutie? Because they're good. And then I'd say, um, where did you lose your taste? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's go. Let, we'll, we're going to move into some something serious. Uh, if you have no idea what we're talking about with those bands, uh, probably for the better. And here's the thing, Rohit. So with Israel, uh, we had our episode last week. A lot has happened since, as we knew and we said would happen in that episode. So I wanted to just bring up thoughts that I've had this week. Um, well, first I should say I went to Temple, right? I went, mm-hmm. I went to Temple twice. I went for Shabbat on Friday, and then they had a memorial service on Sunday. And it was incredibly moving. Um, I have some posts on my Instagram if you want to check it out. The Sunday they had speeches and they read some obituaries about the people who were murdered by the terrorists. And, uh, and they had thir- over 1,300, the number keeps climbing, candles laid out that you walk, we, everyone walked past at the end to like honor, look and just look at the number of people that were killed. And one, one thing that was said by Steve Leader, the, the head rabbi there is that um who's known me uh, known me my whole life and he said it's not 1300 people were killed in the terrorist attack he said each one person was killed 1300 different times in this attack <laughs> and what does that mean like when you don't group the killings uh-huh. it's not good to group the killings or the murders it's each person was individually killed 1300 times whether it was but, through guns through walking up and massacring through the bathroom shootings it's uh it's a way to acknowledge that each individual life deserves uh to be thought of that it's imagine one person 1300 times you're lining them up just like in any attack or terrorism it's not oh i understand i understand yes yeah okay got it yeah, I mean that that is I mean that's definitely it's a powerful way to look at it. Yeah. And then another thing was killing versus murder. And I never yeah. thought of it like this. Murder is what the terrorists came in and did to innocent people. Uh-huh. Killing is what unfortunately has to happen as a response to the murder. Um they're not, they don't want to go in there and murder all these people and murder all these people. They have to kill as a retaliatory response to the terrorists that are in, uh, in Palestine, in Gaza, Hamas. And will innocent people die? Yes. Is it the, is it the fault of anyone but the terrorists? No. Um, and another way to look at it is when this terrorist attack happened to Jews, it's the equivalent of 44,000 people getting killed on 
if you do um, population-based, how many Jews there are in the world to how many uh, Americans there are. 44,000 people. So it's like a big, a big town wiped out completely by terrorists. Um, and a thought, Rohit, that I've had that I'm curious about your thoughts on is because mm -hmm. it, I re, I've been getting, again, so much <coughs> hate from this. I see all the Free Palestine, uh, basically a lot of terrorist sympathizers and a lot of rallies for them. And as Jews, when we rally in response to wanting Jews not to be killed, that's it. We're not directing the hate at anyone. We're simply saying for 5,000 years, we've been killed for no reason. Please let us be. We're a culture and a religion. In a lot of ways, we're a culture first. We're a people and stop killing us for no reason. Whereas these terrorists, Hamas and some factions of their religion, their sole purpose is just to kill Jews. It's literally written to Hamas's ideals mm -hmm. that they want to eradicate the Jews. And it's literally built into what Hamas believes. And certain factions of Islam. Um, a lot aren't, but some are. So, and then I guess when people are chiming in about give back the land and all that stuff, Who's land? If you want to go land for land, look at the world. First, look there. For 5,500 years, Jews had that land. There have been Jews there for the longest. And people have constantly, over thousands and thousands of years, kicked Jews out and killed Jews, and they've still practiced there. Um, so if you want to know true history, that's true history of that land. And then an equivalent is would it be okay to, let's just go with Americans here, would it be okay of the Native Americans of this country if they decided now to go murder, rape, kill children of 44,000 Americans, wipe out a town because this was their land first? How would people in America think of that? Would people say, oh, I sympathize with them. That's okay that they killed the 44,000 people. Oh, there absolutely would be people that would sympathize with them. Absolutely. Not too many, dude. In America, there absolutely would be. I mean, they would, like, they would sympathize to watching Native Americans behead babies. Yes. Okay. If I, they're sympathizing with Hamas doing that, they oh, would sympathize oh, with Oh, yes, yes. Know. Okay. We, we're missing. Yes, exactly. That, but my point is, in America, uh, everyone would be infuriated, just like they were. No, no. I think in America, you have people that are supporting Hamas's actions. People on my own Instagram feed that I know personally. So I guess then if, if, if that's what you feel, then think about that. Imagine if you're thinking, what side is this? To me, there's one side, and it's anti Terrorism, anti-hatred of Jews, deep-rooted hatred of Jews. We don't hate Muslims. We don't. It's not part of our religion. Our religion is to love others. We aren't built around one type of hate. And so uh, 
to have it the other way is wrong. It's simply wrong. Um, and another quote that he said was, Israel is the only country that has to, def to defend itself for defending itself. Think about that. That's absolutely true. And it's also the only Jewish nation. And there's so like it, it's they can't even have one. Like, that's the crazy part. People are not even happy with the Jews having just even one. Nation. No, that's why uh, Golda Meir famously was quoted. Someone actually sent this to me, uh, was famously quoted as saying they refuse. They refuse to believe we have the right to exist. They don't believe that I or any of our Jewish brothers, sisters, friends have the right to exist. So think about that. And the, the big ho hopelessness that I've been getting from all this, Rohit, is how many people are rallying for the terrorists. And when they say free Palestine, you've got to also realize, yes, there are innocent people in Palestine and there are people who aren't wanting Hamas, but most, many people there, they're raised, they're raising their kids, their whole thing in schools is saying, we want to kill the Jews, eliminate the Jews. Kids are learning that at five years old. So is it the kid's fault when they're born? No, but that's still the truth. That's, that's what's going on. That's who these people, not all of them, but a lot of them, that's who they are. So when you're saying free Palestine, what are you actually saying? Free innocent people? Or are you, or are you saying I support terror? Because I want, and look, U.S. warned, or Israel warned, they said, get out. If you're not for this, you should leave this terrorist-run regime. Get out I mean, now. And the, crazy, and the crazy part is, Israel already got out of Gaza 18 years ago. They handed it over to Palestine. And then what happened is, uh, uh, in 2005, then Hamas was elected. People elected these brutal, evil, evil people. And it wasn't like they were fighting for Gaza. Hamas is trying to overtake what Israel already is. And they are the ones that absolutely conducted terrorism. And yep. now you have people protesting, saying that they had every right to do that. It is absolutely in fucking sane. Yeah. And there's, whether, whether it's Mia Khalifa or Harvard students, like Mia Khalifa saying, oh, next time the Hamas fighters make sure they should shoot in vertical, or sorry, in widescreen and not vertical. The, or, you know, like, certain organizations like BLM putting uh, the paraglider in their material saying we fully stand with Hamas and that paraglider being representing right, the right. people that paraglide into the festival to start murdering innocent people at a festival. Like this is, there are people on our own soil that are not only just supporting free Palestine, they are supporting the brutality because they believe that as long as you're quote unquote classified as oppressed, you can do any single thing you want. That's uh that's it. It's like um, the death penalty, right? Uh, I'm not very for it, but um, let, let's just say it does exist. So when someone gets the death penalty for, let's say, killing lots of people for a mass murdering spree, they murdered all those people. They're now getting killed because of what they did. Mm -hmm. Think about that. And then think about what it means when you're saying free Palestine, what you're, what you're saying because you're responding to the actions that happened 
this last week is let the terrorists have no repercussions for their actions and this terrorist regime. And I'm going to read one thing that someone sent me because it just shows the problem. Uh, I put up the uh, thing about the vigil at the temple. Mm-hmm. Simply about honoring the 1,300 plus people and the candles. And then some random person wrote me, in every single skirmish in the area since the 40s, more Palestinian lives have been lost than Israeli lives. There is an obvious oppressor. Find the strength to see the truth. And then I wrote back, that was not a skirmish. That was a terrorist attack. There is no but. And then what you, was her response? Yeah. Free Palestine. Yeah, because these morons, what they're, what they're ignoring, the fact is... Hamas purposely sets up base in civilian centers, over hospitals, around schools. Hamas constantly kills its own citizens. They have mortars. When they were firing shots over Gaza, so many of those landed in Gaza, killed their own people. They're counting those as, oh, that's they're blaming Israelis. When Israel, Israel gave people uh, the warning, the 24-hour warning to evacuate, Hamas sent a white caravan car bomb to blow up the bridge and escape. Hamas doesn't want its people to survive. They, they do not believe their people have a right to live if that blocks the advancement of Hamas's uh, goals, its evil, horrific goals. And all the people saying that, oh, look at the numbers. No, those are because of Hamas. Exactly. And they kill their own people. They use their own people as protective the, the shields. Sh- shield. It's insane. So... And if you're getting misinformation, which we talked about last time, look at the facts before you start spreading them. Because, yeah. uh, and unfortunately, and I am not, we are not going to get political about this. I'm simply saying someone who has a lot of influence has been sped, spreading misinformation. Um, and that's uh, Trump. He's been blaming, the U- saying the U.S. financed this. He's been... Uh, uh, he well, the U.S. did give Iran six billion dollars. The check was never cashed. Fortunately, they they paused on it on nine eleven. And Iran definitely has a hand in these. So you can see where there's a bit of like what the fuck. Um, so that, I think that is weirdly politicizing it because there was a six billion dollar check written. Fortunately, it was in uh, like a, a holding. No, it was, uh, but it was never going to be used for anything but humanitarian reasons. That's it for food and you know uh, Hamas. T- All right, well Hamas because. Ham- Hamas runs the Gaza Strip and uh, East Palestine. Hamas takes all the humanitarian funds and just buys weapons with it. That's what that does. Iran uses it to fund war. That $6 billion wouldn't just go to like, oh, we're going to feed the homeless in Iran. No, That's not what it ends up going to. No, but this one, with this, they couldn't. The fact is, they weren't able to. It's a third-party um, system that was uh, overseeing it, along with the head of U.S. Treasury. There was not a dollar of it, which wasn't used anyway. There was not a dollar of it that could have been used for anything because they know exactly what you said, which has happened since for the last 20 plus years. Yeah, I mean, I'll believe it when I'll see it, but I don't have much trust in these, you know, NGOs and non-government, you know, but uh, that's the fact. The fact is, no, the U.S. did not fund this terrorist attack. And I just and uh, what when Trump was making it about himself and saying, if I was president, none of this stuff would happen and stuff. This is not a time to make it about any one person from liberals to to conservatives, anyone. It's not a time to make it about that. It's about it's about it's a time to try our best to come together against a common enemy, which is uh, the terrorists, not to go after 
any one person, not really not to make Which it. Which you just did. What? No, <laughs> Which I you just did. No, I went after misinformation, Rohit. And if someone yeah. is spreading misinformation, they're wrong. And I'm pointing out a misinformation. I'm not going after the person. I'm going yeah. after the misinformation. I mean, this is also the same guy that passed the Abraham Accords, which actually created a level of a never before had level of conversation and mediation between the UAE and Israel. So I wouldn't say that, well, I don't defend the dude. I just also the information there that people are blaming him for some reason, but he hasn't been in office forever. Um, the blame is I'm seeing going both ways. So it's just very I think it's good that that is out there. Um, and uh, so I guess to kind of conclude this portion, we're going to get back to there's some submissions and a few it'll we'll probably but the the theme of this show is humanity and i just hope and pray that people start showing more humanity when they say what they're going to say about the uh about what's going on look at what's actually happening look at what's happening I, and have some decency i would take a step a step further it's like before the people that are criticizing i want you to ask yourself what you would do if you were israel and don't just talk about, oh, you know, well, look whether No, what would you do if you were in charge right now and you had Hamas employing the tactics they're doing and committing the terrorism? Like, what would you do? And I ask the same people when they have, you know, when they have uh, complaints about certain politics or policies, like, what would you do in this situation? And as soon as you have people actually trying to think what they would do, all of a sudden, they start to understand why certain actions need to be taken. And I think that if anybody had to be in charge of Israel. I don't think that they would just say, oh, you know, it's fine. Like what AOC and everybody's saying, oh, I should just stand down and just like, oh, call a ceasefire. Really? What do they want? That, should that's... they bring roses and cake over to them for it? Yeah. Hey, listen, if you want to kill more of our people, go for it. Good job. Hey, we see you. No, absolutely not. This is a, they have, this think... is a you bring up a good point. In the Western, Western, United, the Western culture for Jews, we want peace. We want everyone to get along. We believe in interfaith. We believe in accepting one another. In the Middle East, if Israel didn't show strength, they would be eliminated. The Jews would be eliminated yet again. So look what happened in Germany. What, what, why was Israel created? After six million Jews were killed in the Holocaust, they created one free state for Jews to be able to live. If they don't show strength, the six million will happen again. I mean, there's people that literally on US soil, on the Free Palestine protests, one guy had his phone out with a swastika on it. There are people that want, not only want a Free Palestine, but they literally want Jews eradicated. Exactly, and... Uh... And, we, and we spent the last few years calling everybody a Nazi for like things that weren't necessarily wanting to eradicate Jews. And here we have them. And the same people that called everybody Nazis are many of the same people that are literally flashing swastikas and, and supporting what's happening on Palestine side. And there's just no, uh, no place for any of that. Um, no. So we, uh, we'll, we'll get to a little more of this, but I just wanted to bring up some of these points. Um, oh, and like even right now, like in, yesterday in San Diego, San Diego, there was a Palestinian protest and they attacked a Jewish woman in it and beat her up. Jesus. So, yeah, and, then, and I dare you to find one Jewish protest or anything where any violence is done to anyone here. 
We never do it. I know. I know. So, um, anyway, well, let's move on to a few uh, a few lighter topics, and yeah. uh, and then well, let's. I want to talk about some because this is on this show. If you have, if you're newer to the show, we uh, cover all kinds of uh, things. We cover cryptocurrency. We we br- try to bring hope to all things. We're not going to talk about that right now because there's no hope. But uh, we we also have our sports segment. So, Rohit, I have a lot of hope right now. For the first time in, I think, the history of my uh, my football fanship, my Miami Dolphins are six and one, or five and one, five and one. Wait, what week was it? It was just week six. So we're five and one. Uh, I'm already, you know, ahead of myself to next week when we beat the Eagles. But right now we're five and one. And I, the reason I'm a dolphin fan is as a kid, my dad and I are my are his favorite animal and my favorite animal was the dolphins. I found out there was a football <laughs> team called the Dolphins. LA didn't really have any teams. And so I said, I'm gonna be a dolphin fan. And since then I've been a diehard dolphin fan my whole life. I've been to games, I've been to Miami to watch them. I love them. I've obviously been here to games and uh, I watch them every week. And this is the best season we have had, like Ever. I mean, in years and years and years, decades, yeah. decades. So why do I feel hopeless? Because it can't be real. Like something's going to go wrong. Hey, welcome to my way of appreciating sports. No, no, but Rohit, here to be fair, like the New York Giants, your football team, has won twice in the last whatever years, 15 years. We also had a win completely stolen from us last night. I mean, I, nobody cares about that anymore. The Giants don't matter. But that's a big difference between being two and four and one and five. Big sure, difference. but the Giants aren't going anywhere, and you know that. They're considered possibly the worst team in football. My, I'm, we're talking about me right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you brought up me. Well, you, but you've had a lot more hope. I mean, the Dolphins are... I've had zero hope at sports. Zero. You're, the Orioles got swept for the first time in two years Rohit, in their first playoff series. The Dolphins have There's won no one hope. playoff game in the last 20 years. That's true. Didn't Wait, no. Had the one, so good for no, them. the Dolphins have won no playoff games the last 20 years. Yeah, that's what I thought. They've only yeah. been to the playoffs three times. So I, pre- I am so excited for like wonderful humanitarians like Tyreek Hill, for uh, our, our blessed Tua. For, I'm, I'm so excited for this team. And... I'm so worried that it's just going to be a massive disappointment. And a, a not disappointment would be to win a playoff game. That would make me happy. So give me hope. Well, you guys have the best offense I think I have seen since the greatest show on turf, which was the early 2000s Rams with Kurt Warner. Like, you watch those games. That was, those Rams teams from 20 years ago, they were something else. And I think this is the best offense the NFL has seen since then. And you guys don't even have a fucking tight end. No. And your running game, you're just like, you got Raheem Mostert, you turn him into Barry Sanders, it seems. And you have two of the best wide receivers in the game. And Tua, while, you know, hopefully, I mean, every time, you know, a defender gets near him, I I, like... Like I just clench my fist because I'm so scared for him because uh, I don't want him to be an omelet. But for now, <laughs> he is performing like the Tua that people were 
uh, when he was in college, everybody was trying to tank for Tua. And I think right now you have the best team in the AFC. And after the Eagles and Niners losses, I'd venture to say you have the best team in the NFL. Yes! I feel so much hope. I never and I'm thought... Happy to, I know you hate the Giants, but I'm very happy seeing the Dolphins win. I hate the Giants, not because of week. you, but because of living in New York and Giants fans are painful. But... And just being around a lot of them, it just was annoying. Just like Yankee fans, same idea. So, nothing to do with you. Just deep-rooted disgust from being around them for years. So, thank you for that, Rohit. I am... Uh, very excited. I can't wait to play the Eagles this week and kick their asses. I hope that's actually what happens. And uh, so now let's move on to Hope in 60 Seconds. And for those who are new to the show, Hope in 60 Seconds is where we bring up a topic that neither of us know about. And in 60 seconds, we have to shine some light under that. So we have one topic, one Hope in 60 today. So let's, let's go. Yeah. All right. And go. All right, this uh, hopelessness comes from uh, some joker in L.A. on the Los Angeles subreddit. He, because there's a screaming homeless man that keeps attacking his car. He made his post. He's like, what can I do? And he's saying that this guy's already cost $2,000 for the body damage, but he continuously starts to attack his car um, that's in, in their private parking lot. And there's dents and scratches all over. And he's like, I'm like running out of options. I'm even considering filing a police report. My hopelessness is what the fuck is wrong with LA people and why is this guy so afraid to file a police report? What a clown. Help me find hope for this loser. I feel hope for us, not for the loser. What's that? I feel hope because this guy deserves it at this point. He absolutely so, does deserve it. I'm I'm happy his car is getting scratched because he does he doesn't want to call the cops because he doesn't want to be problematic or some shit. No, he This is lunatic. what the cops are just, for. If there's a lunatic, I know. so I feel tons of hope because this guy deserves that car where what's his address i want to go kick the car (laughs) (laughs) and hope found wow thank you wow all right that's great get ready buddy you're not going to file a police report we're coming to kick your car (laughs) (laughs) i hope it's a nice one well and then so there you go there's some hope and now we have our debate section where rohit and i debate something Oh, boy. Are you ready for a very special debate, Rohit? I am. I am. So, it is the 100th anniversary of Disney, the Walt Disney Company. Walt Disney starting Disney is uh-huh. uh, today, I think. Ooh, happy birthday, Mickey. Happy birthday, Mickey. Disney, obviously, they've had a huge impact on society as a whole, and... Uh, who would have thought when he drew that mouse a zillion years ago uh, that it would lead to an, an empire of of fun and happiness and glee and tons of money and being it, made? Wasn't it originally like a rabbit or something? Yeah, it was too? Oswald the Rabbit, I think. So that was first. And then it was Mickey, Mickey it. Mouse, if you've heard of him. Three circles, just three circles. That's it. And every kid loves that mouse. My niece, like, adores Mickey. She saw Mickey and immediately loved Mickey. It was amazing to watch. Like They just love Mickey. Without even knowing what it is, they just want it. So, here's hopelessness around Disney. Potentially. So I'm curious what you think of this. Uh-huh. Um, the headline is Disneyland unveils test droids roaming the theme park. Will this end well? So what that means is in Star Wars land, 
they're going to have droids, little robot characters that are they're being tested right now to interact with guests. And the technology is that it allows them to be free roaming droids. And so they interact and they get information from the motion and movement of the people they interact with and so that they oh. can emote and learn to dance and stuff. Cool. That's adorable. As it so happens, last night I decided to watch for reasons I'm, I'm not quite sure. Or no, because of Blake, a, a, a listener of this show, uh, sent something about the episodes, then I watched it. The uh, Itchy and Scratchy Land classic Simpsons episode where mm -hmm. the, the droids, the animatronics, end up attacking the people. Oh, yeah, the Westworld episode before the Westworld show. That's based on the Westworld movie. Yeah, yeah. So um, my question to you, Rohit, in this debate is, do you think this is going to end in a disaster with these free-roaming droids just being able to interact with people and people being able to interact with them? Or will this end uh, with a positive, uh, with a good, good, uh, with good for Disneyland? Oh. Okay, so we're we talking, is a question, is this good for Disneyland or is this good for society? Society. Or will it end positively for Disneyland society? Like both. Just trying to get a very yeah, specific question. Either both, for Disneyland and then society, because Disneyland is a part of society. Sure. Um, okay, uh, you want me to take a stance yeah, right now? Because I got one. All right. And then I'll go so, against it, whatever it is. That's part of this. Many, so I will go yep. against whatever Rohit's stance is, even if I don't believe it. If you're a new listener, you'll know that despite how much I use it in a regular basis, I think AI is the equivalent of the creation of the atomic bomb and one of the most dangerous um, sort of inventions of man that has ever happened. And we, now that Pandora's box is open, we know no bounds. However, <laughs> Disney as a company, man, let me just like remind the listeners how the client services at Disney there. It's like nothing else on this planet. Everything from if somebody pukes, like people are puking all the time at Disney and you probably have never seen it. Right. Because they are so quick to cover it up. They are so quick to make sure everyone, every guest has the perfect experience. Hell, even, uh, you know, I had God from like almost two decades ago, ah, two decades ago. Uh, when I was like, in college, I dated a girl that was a Disney princess in the summer and I learned some Disney rules, right? One of them was that when somebody was asking for directions. I didn't directions, know you dated a girl before. Interesting. Okay, keep going. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. She was a robot. <laughs> um, but uh, she was saying that when they're like, someone asked for directions, like, oh, hey, how do I get to Adventure Land place or whatever? Adventure Land. Um, California Adventure, right? They will... Instead of just pointing you, they'll do the two finger point, but they won't even just point. They'll do like a motion, like a circular motion and a wave in that direction. Because somehow, scientifically, that's like not threatening. It's and every it feels gentle and it feels really kind and you don't make anybody feel dumb. And like all these like lit that's just one of a million tiny nuances. So when it comes to these free roaming robots with all the potential for bad that can happen. I fully trust that Disney, of any company in the world, is going to have these robots under lock and key. So I think this is very good. Society at large, 
I don't know. The only way I'll accept AI is if we get cool robots. But anyway, um, Aaron, what do you think? Well, I vehemently disagree. I think this is going to end. <laughs> I hear the passion of that. <laughs> I, I disagree with this wholeheartedly. I think that while Disney is uh, run in a wonderful manner, the some of the guests and clientele who go there are not so wonderful. And I believe someone will try to steal one. I believe someone will try to fight one. I believe it'll piss someone off. I believe someone will be like on drugs um, and will trip out from it and like. There's hurt never them. been anybody on drugs in Disney. No, we we. I've never heard of such a thing. Pickable, and so yeah, who would do that? I, I believe it'll end poorly for the droids and for the humans, because they're going to be and remember they're going to be mimicking the motions of people. So, what are some motions that people can do that might offend other people? So, think about that. If they're mimicking the motions and the emotions of some a person, and then that droid then does that emotion or that motion to another person, it could piss them off, and then the people will be upset, and there could be a war. I could see an all-out war breaking out at Disneyland between the humans and the oh, droids. Oh, someone, like, teaches, like the robot had to throw like a crips like, yeah crips middle finger sign. yeah uh um, a lot of like other things we you know sexual innuendos I'd venture, say, I'd venture to say each of these robots would have a handler that is off like off site or like not off site but like standing a few feet away they said they're free roaming so i sure sure i mean which means that because currently the robots that are using disney or the disney parades they have a remote control person that's usually about 20 feet back and like uh, we just saw that one of those in, in like the parade uh, a few months ago, and I'm assuming they're just gonna have somebody like you know keeping an eye on and making sure it's functioning, making sure like same way that the characters, all the characters have handlers. They do. They That's the around. point is that these are free roaming and they get their personalities from the people and they interact. I don't think that means they don't have handlers. I think it's. I like think this is gonna. There will be a war at Disneyland. Between the droids and the people, I predicted. Wouldn't that be crazy if that's where the singularity started? Yeah, I believe that. I believe that Ground Zero is next going to be Disneyland. Yeah, and I know we're running a bit long on this, but Aaron, I actually want to just quickly bring something up with this. And um, I think while you lose this debate, you have actually won in creativity because I think you just inspired me, and together we can make a movie. That when you when you think of the apocalypse, you often think of it starting like, you know, The Walking Dead with Rick Grimes waking up in a hospital or 28 Days Later with Cillian Murphy waking up in a hospital. And, um, you know, any other shows, post-apocalyptic shows where people wake up in a hospital um, and often then to a world that has been overtaken. But in the same way, I think that there is... And yes, I know Westworld is kind of dealing with that, but like to do something very specifically at Disney to make a horror movie, like That'd be not cool. just like sci-fi, but a horror movie based at Disney. And no, not like Five Nights at Freddy's or something like that. But I do think that there is a chance um, that there that somehow we can use this, you know, a version of the Disney IP. Well, to make something truly terrible. I have a one step further, but I can't say more than this is maybe just maybe one of the people on this on this podcast developed something to that effect a number of years ago. I'm not going to say who I'm not going to say what, but maybe that okay. happens. So wh wh why don't we discuss offline and see who uh, yes, who that might have been? 
I know. Listeners, you have a 50% chance of figuring that out. Yeah, exactly. So, so well, let's, let's keep going. Cause we, that, and I'm, yeah, I, yeah, I, when yeah, we're yeah. always curious, please submit if you, uh, who, who you think won the debate. So, uh, you have a topic that I'm very curious about. I have no idea what you're about yeah. to bring up. I know we kind of talked Israel a little bit, but we're going to talk about the United States earlier. And this topic is about Stanford University. Aaron, would you say it's a pretty good school? I never went there, so I don't know. Yeah, it's probably trash. I mean, what, what are Ivy Leagues anyway? They're not even um, Ivy. They're the, the most Ivy of not Ivy is what they're called. So it's like fake Ivy. It's like how you have. Wait, is Stanford not Ivy? No, it's fake Ivy. Oh, wow. It's Fivey. But it is considered a good school. I know many people who have gone there who uh, usually use it in the first or second sentence that they say to most people. So it's definitely a use to impress school. Like, hi, what's your name? I went to Stanford. My name is Joe. Like, it's one of those schools. I I would be impressed with anybody that told me they went to Stanford. Exactly. That's my point. So it's one um, of those schools. Until after much outcry, not immediately... But Stanford University, they suspended an instructor. Now, do you know what this instructor did, Aaron? Uh, can I guess? Yes. They were instructing Pilates to disabled people. Close. Okay. Actually, very close in some ways. So, um, apparently the lecturer asked students how many people had died in the Holocaust. And when one student answered six million, this lecturer, she said, yes. Only six million. Students at the lecture told them more people died as a result of colonialism than in the Holocaust, and that colonization was what happened to Palestinians. And what she did is she made the Jewish students stand in a corner. What? Uh huh. Why? So, um, from Business Insider, um, so that the lecture delivered impromptu lessons in two classes. Um, which we're going to be focused on the topic of colonialism. Uh, the students um, in one of the classes uh, recounted the lecture blaming the outbreak of violence between Israel and Hamas and Zionists and saying Hamas's actions were part of a resistance. Oh, sorry, the lecture is a he. He then asked Jewish students to raise their hands and separated them from their belongings, explaining that he was simulating what Jews were doing to Palestinians. And then the lecture asked students how many people in the died in the Holocaust, which I already talked about. Um, oh, no. And it says... The students also recalled the lecture separating people in both classes and different groups based on identities and backgrounds, calling them colonizers and colonized. Literally dividing students into colonizers and colonizers. What do you find hopeless about this? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Dude, like what the fuck is wrong with colleges and just their overwhelming like loudness for... Especially uh, for okay. anti-Semitism. I have hope for you, but first I'm an event, if that's okay. Yeah. After 9-11, were colleges allowed to have protests of people who were from Pakistan, Iraq? And were they allowed to protest for 9-11? No, they weren't. So why is it allowed now? Technically, actually, they were. But nobody had the fucking temerity or gall to. We have now enabled, and I always believe in freedom of speech, everybody should be able to say whatever the hell they want. But now people are so caught up in the idea of dividing people between oppressed and oppressors that that's the only way they see society and they feel that any actions, such as standing up for heinous murdering sociopaths in Hamas, is okay because they fall under 
the category of oppressed. And would it would it and be happening if it was Christians instead of Jews? No, they wouldn't give a exactly. shit. Exactly. Would not give right now, in many parts in Africa, there are literally Christians being chopped up and that, you know, nobody cares. And it's very sad. Um, you know, but I think it's Jews, so people well, want to say down with the Jews. They want Jews killed. Yep. And yep. And so, but I do have hope. Which is the hope is this type of rhetoric is sussing out the bad apples. So I'm get I'm guessing this professor is no longer going to be a professor at Stanford. Uh, the professor is suspended. Good, not fired. So, at least this is bringing out people's true colors because not only I see you and everyone sees you when you do this and we now know and we will for it'll forever be it's like um you know if you committed a if you like did something bad like a molestation or something and you're it's on your record and we know that you did that different thing but it's the idea of it that now this is on your record that you're a terrorist sympathizer and you're a anti-Semitic. This is that. What an anti. What a terrible thing to do. But here's the thing: Business Insider is refusing to name the professor. We'll find out. I'm not concerned. Yeah. There's going to be Stanford I students mean, who say. In the same way, the um, the when Harvard students, like all those students, that the, all the clubs, they signed on fully supporting uh, all the you know the the actions of Hamas. Um, from Harvard, and then the uh, then there was all these like big banker people. They were like, "Okay, get me their names. You will never work in." Yeah, the which industry. is great, which is awesome. And that's why um, right now, I believe it is important for standing for what's right, for not being scared to call out something that is wrong. Just like go to your temple, go to wherever you want to feel um, togetherness. And then go out and make a difference. If you see something bad, call it out. If you feel something, don't be afraid to talk about it. Because if we are quiet, we are complicit. That's it. I'm done now. Yeah. yeah. Use your voice. And uh, all right. So now can we move on to uh, some yes, hopeless yes. Uh, TV? Because man, I'll just say show. this: yeah. the humanity in that is disgusting. This is where we need to find humanity. That Stanford yeah. professor is a uh, jackhole among jackholes. Uh, yeah. So, Rohit, have you heard of the TV show Naked Attraction? I have not. I've heard of Naked and Afraid. Well, this show is from uh, the Brits. It's been on actually for a while. I first saw it in like 2019. But now it is on HBO Max and it is called Naked Attraction. This show to me, is phenomenal. It is okay. a game show where there are six people in boxes and slowly their bodies are revealed naked. It starts with their genitalia, then it goes up to their chest region, then their face, and there's one contestant who's going to pick which of the people they're going to go on a date with. And they see them naked first, then they hear their voice, and then they get to choose. And then you see their date afterwards. And the contestant has to get naked at the end, too. And it is... A lot of people are saying, oh, how can you watch that? It's disgusting. You know, I think it is amazing. I think that it is... I, I feel, have felt tons of hope from this show because 
I just, I find it to be a truly fascinating experience. And well, do they, it takes wow. away do they all... they blur it out or do you actually... No, no blurring out. No, you see everything. They analyze Wait, you see everything? everything. They analyze everything to the detail. What? Mm-hmm. I mean, now I know what Rohit's going to be doing tonight, but... Holy shit. It is a wild experience and very entertaining. And it sort of takes the uh, the mystique about the human body and says, screw it. Like, you know, people, li- they have, people like being naked with other people. So let's just get it out there first. And then you'll get to go learn who the other person is. Wow. So I highly recommend the show. If you're offended by nudity, don't watch the show because it's all nudity, but it's, and it's body types of all, it's all types of body types too. So, and it's also fascinating to see the people that go on the show and it's like, why did you decide to do that? But I, I encourage everybody, if you have the stomach to watch the show. Okay. Yeah, I don't watch reality TV. Like it's more of a game show than like, reality. Trying to survive. Okay. Um, yeah. So I'll give it a whirl. All right. Come wow. back and and let us know what you think. Yeah. It, unless like you know it's it's it starts showing up on my HBO Max history and then my partner you know she thinks I'm a you got to watch it with her. This is a this is a family affair. Oh, got it. Got it. Oh, I'll, I'll save it for Thanksgiving when I go home with the exactly. family. Exactly. I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> And, and uh, all right, so now we have a, uh, we're going to skip a couple set. We're running long. So we're going to go right to, well, do you want to explain uh, your, your segment? Yes. So from, f- yes. So we love the internet, Aaron and I do. And there's many dark places on the internet. And one of those is 4chan. And as observers of all things, good and bad in this world, um, you know, we like to every week pick out um, a different post from 4chan. Mm-hmm. Um, and just sort of share it. These are not our words, but you know, it's kind of hopeless. Sometimes people think this way, but sometimes a little bit funny, and we'd like to end on a little bit of a lighter note. And, and by so by, we one, we mean Rohit. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> this one is titled "Florida Anon" for anonymous. For those unfamiliar, so Florida because it's four chan is all anonymous. Okay. So Florida Anon welcomes his new neighbor. So I had some stupid. This is these are their words, not mine. Anyway, I had some stupid California bitch move in next door to me. She would freak out anytime she saw a gator. Bitch, you bought a house on the water. What the fuck do you think was in there? She built some shitty four-foot chain link fence around her house. Now, gators can climb chain link. They usually won't, but they can. Doesn't matter. For the next year, every night I got drunk and saw a little gator off my dock, basically every night. I would grab it and throw it over her fence. (laughs) She took down the chain link fence and put up a six-foot wood privacy fence. I've never seen a gator climb a six-foot wood fence. But I'm 6'2", and I can chunk gators. (laughs) Drunk. Over a six foot tall fence that night. I think the most I ever did in one night was seven gators. <laughs> she took her stupid ass back to California. Wow. <laughs> in some ways, this guy's a hero. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's See, funny. Yeah. That's how you uh, protect yourself from colonizers. Yes. That's the wow. <laughs> gator, gator chucking. We're going to go on some. Yeah. Ga- we're going to do some gator chucking. Wow. Uh, thank you, Rohit. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, to our listeners, sometimes they get crazier than that. But yeah, that was the most PG one I think that we read. Yes. So 
Um, now we have our submissions. Row it. Um, in this section, we get fan mail and submissions. This past week, we got a lot um, about the Israel conflict. Um, mm -hmm. I... I'm going to read first some hate to show what what we get from a hateful side and then a f uh, some love. Is that does that sure. sound good? I'd love that. Um Aaron Wolf, stop doing drugs with Hunter and come to con to reality, <laughs> but you're a paid actor. In my in in terms of what we've been talking about on this show about being uh pro Yeah, you are an actor and you get paid. Yeah, I don't do drugs with Hunter. I mean, not during the strike. Right, yeah, no, but... no, the strike's still going on. And then another one. Yeah. Aaron Wolf, you suck. Stop violence and oppression of the Palestinians. Netanyahu is an evil, corrupt, and bad Putin. You and the military-industrial complex are screwing up the world. So, one, I'm, I'm really honestly doing nothing. I am simply spreading information and going to support my people. I am not a fan of Netanyahu's. And the rest of it, I don't know. Do you have any response to uh, Gordon Wood? That's the guy's name. What was the very first part of his, his line of his? You you suck. Stop the violence and oppression of the Palestinians. Nobody wants Palestinians to be oppressed. Nobody wants violence happening there. It is Hamas. Like, they are the ones committing violence against their own people. They're the ones using them as shields. They're the ones that will not allow them to be elected out. This is... Israel has to defend its people, too. Like, I'm sorry. Nobody wants to see any innocent Palestinian gets hurt just as much as nobody wants to see any innocent Israeli gets hurt. It is Hamas putting people in their way, putting their own people, dude. That's, uh, yeah. So, Gordon, if you're listening, screw you. But thank you for your submission. Thank, we always thank our people who, who submit, but also kind of screw you. So now, now can I, uh, but again, if you want to submit hate, please do. We take all forms and we read them on this show. So now can I give some love, Rohit, to end the show? Uh, please. I've gotten a bunch of messages from people who I haven't heard from in years. And they've reached out in some, on some platform or another. And I'm going to, uh, this is one from someone named Laura from Texas. I'm so sorry that at a time like this, you or anyone affected by this is receiving anything but love, compassion, and support from any, everywhere right now. I just don't think people know any better or they would do better. We are living in a time of ultimate brainwashing and deceiving on both sides of the aisle and worldwide. Nothing but prayers and love for God to divi divinely interrupt, intercept, and cease this terrorist group from taking any more innocent lives. Aww. So what a nice submission, right? Thank you, Laura. And then, uh, and then we have uh, one from Carrie in uh, in Denver. Aaron Wolf just wanted to let to send a quick message and let you know I'm thinking of you and your family right now. I hope you are doing as okay as possible in a time like this. Love, we love the Jews. Yeah, we do. Go Jews. So. I could go, I have so many, but let's, I just want to end with some hope because uh, I think we need that. We need to focus on the, the beauty and positivity and support that we're getting. And uh, we have to keep persevering. This is going to get crazier. Do you have any last, uh, last words, Rohit, 
before we uh, wrap up this episode. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Rohit is ending with yeah. a cough. Yeah. Uh, no, I will end with a, a statement. It's like we are just here to be two absolutely uneducated people yeah. bringing our thoughts. Um, we don't want to be the most well-read or <laughs> uh, sort of informed people at all times, but we have conviction and we understand, you know, to wrap up the theme of humanity. And I think that it's important to have people that are everyday people sort of trying to bring hope into this world. It's do not appeal to authority. Do not have to oh, just trust the experts. That's it. You know, I think sometimes it's, it's you know, the way the reason that we have so many listeners, the reason we love doing this show is because we're not the experts. <laughs> and <laughs> so, um, you know, and I think that, but we understand, like I said, where we want humanity to go. And this at least gives you a chance to, whether you agree with us or disagree with us, to engage with us. And thank you for everyone that does. Um, even if you take the time out to spew hatred, the truth is it at least gives us a chance to have some sort of dialogue. And dialogue oh, is you. the most important thing. It's what my grandfather preached after escaping the Holocaust. That was his mission, is to have dialogue. Stop the violence, start the conversation. The end. Goddamn right. So uh, if you, you can follow us at The Hopeless Show on all social medias. I'm the Aaron Wolf on all socials. He's Vohit for Rohit with the number four. And until next episode, stay hopeful, man. When the world seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore Here it comes, that glimmer of hope A light shines through the dark It's a hopeless show With Aaron and